When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A great week of football coming for you. Wait till you see which team RC has on upset alert. But let's start with what you're most excited to watch this weekend as we see that Sunday slate. Marcus Spears, you first. I'm excited to see if Cooper Rush throughout the duration of a game can continue to make plays. He's played in, I believe, one of the most comfortable positions in the NFL with Dallas and the way they've been able to run the football defensively, been taking taking the ball away and giving them favorable down the distance. I believe this is the game where Cooper Rush is going to have to play one through four quarters at a very high level. Let's see if he can do it, Boogie. So we know that Cleveland is going to want to run the ball against New England, but when they do drop back to pass, Matthew Judon will be there to make life very hard for Jacoby Brissett. Judon has quietly, I feel, been putting together a fantastic start to the season, has a sack in every single one of the Patriots' first five games. It's the first time in team history that's happened. Red Sleeves, as I like to call him, has looked as dominant as he did at the beginning of last year and is part of the reason why this Patriots team is still competitive. Welcome to NFL Live, everybody. So glad to have you with us here. Uh, is anyone as excited for week six as I am? In fact, I know all of you are. Also, you see him right there. Marcus Spears, <laughs> Mina Kimes, Field Yates. Ryan Clark continues his Friday tradition of not being able to find his way to the show. But the interesting thing about today is he's actually at home. So apparently he's gotten lost in his house. We'll see if we can catch up with oh ourselves. Oh, my God. <laughs> Coming up later, we're going to make a lot of game picks. Two games that we are definitely going to pick that you want to tune in for will be Bills Chiefs as well as Cowboys Eagles. But let's begin with the first one. Wait, where's RC? Is he here? Hey. There he is. That's Central Time got him. That's Central Time got him. The show starts at 4 p.m. Eastern, not 4.02, as it apparently is right now. Later on, we'll find out what he was doing. <laughs> we begin with Allen and Mahomes at Arrowhead as the Bills and Chiefs face off for the first time since the epic divisional playoff game last year. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes continue to impress this season. Here's what they said about facing each other again. Yeah, I mean, when you when you go up against uh, the other great quarterbacks in the league, you always want to win. You always want to compete. Um, Josh is a great guy. I mean, he's a great quarterback, uh, physically talented, can throw, can run, can really do it all. Um, but he's a, he's a great dude too, and so uh, obviously when we're on the football field, we were competing against each other, and we want to we want to beat beat each other's teams. Um, but I have a ton of respect for him and the player and person that he is. Why is this Chiefs team so hard to put down once you're up on them? I think everybody knows that answer. Uh, it starts with their quarterback. Um, Pat's a he's a fantastic player. He's a fantastic person. I think if you look at his accomplishments so far in his career, um, they. They dang near top anybody that's ever played the game of football. So uh, whenever you have a guy that's got the ability of, of him, he's got the playmakers around him um, and, and the belief that they have in their locker room. 
Those guys reading from the same script about each other? Okay, there's no debate that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are two of the league's best QBs, but they won't be playing each other on the field on Sunday. Mahomes is going to be going against Leslie Frazier's defense in Buffalo, which ranks first in both points allowed and takeaways. As for Allen, he draws a struggling Steve Spagnola defense in Kansas City, who have allowed the highest QBR to opposing quarterbacks this season. So, Marcus, what are you doing if you're the Chiefs defense and you got to take on Josh Allen? Well, ultimately, you go back to the old plan of playing everything top down and trying to keep everything in front of you and coming downhill and tackling. But that's not in the vein of Steve Spagnola. We know he's going to try to dial up some pressures. I think the most important part for Steve Spagnola and his defense, he loves the blitz luxurious need off the corner. He likes to kind of catch you uh, with the uncommon guy. And the issue that you have against the Buffalo Bills is Josh Allen is so physically um, imposing that if you don't get him on the ground, this is an extended play just by you missing the tackle. So he's going to have to have some patience in this game, understand that Buffalo is going to make some plays. But you don't want to give up the deep shots like we saw them give up to Devontae Adams against the Las Vegas Raiders. Make Buffalo go the long and hard way. Allow yourself to get him in favorable situations where you can't add an extra man to the pressure. But more importantly, you got to get Josh Allen on the ground. He creates so many plays off of blitzes and broke tackles than any other quarterback in the league. That's what you got to be sure of. The pressure can actually work. You can actually get a free guy to the quarterback. The problem is getting them on the ground because if you don't, usually it's going to result in a touchdown over the top of your defensive back's heads. RC, how about the other side? Let's flip it here. What about this Chiefs offense against the Bills defense? We showed you the great numbers on that Bills D. Yeah. Well, hopefully the Chiefs can find an answer better than I can find my uh, Beats Fits Pro. <laughs> that were actually in the place they should have been. But when you're somebody like me that never puts stuff in the place it's supposed to be, you actually never check the place it's supposed to be. And that's why I was late, guys. Yep. Um, True. So hopefully they find that. But I think when I think when you're looking at, you know, trying to find ways uh, to capitalize, you you do have to to, to work to change. You got to work to to say, okay, how do we get a stop? How do we allow our offense one more play? How do we keep this game close? How do we hold them? to a field goal, you're never going to go into these games and actually dominate anymore. That's not the way it works when you're playing quarterbacks like these. But if I can find that one play, if I can find that one impact play that gives us a short field or a touchdown, that's what we want to do. The other thing I want to talk about is this, though, guys. I don't like the fact that Josh and Patrick Mahomes like each other so much. I want that same yeah, thing because they are that. our new Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, right? They're, they're our new ones. Do you remember how hard it was for those two dudes to compliment each other? It would be like, well, Peyton, yeah. what do you think about Tom? Well, Tom's a good player and Bill coaches well. Then, oh, Tom, what do you think about Peyton? <laughs> well, the white Freeney rushes well. I don't like this new age friendship we have with these two young gunners who are sure to put up a ton of points this weekend. You know what, yeah. though? There might be a lot of mutual respect, but they don't play like they like each other when they go up against each other, and that's all that matters. Um, Ryan's this actually right, true. though, about the Bills' defense against the Chiefs' offense. You know, well, let's start here. We know what the Bills want to do on defense. They're going to sit back. They're going to play a fair amount of too high, try to keep everything in front of them, lean on that very, very good four-man rush. Last year, at times when that happened, and we talked about this all season long, the Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes would get frustrated. They would not run the ball. Mahomes would try to force the ball downfield. This year, that's not the case. I mean, Patrick has been downright 
patient grinding out those drives. The Chiefs have been patient running the ball. And I think that's going to serve them really well in this game because old Patrick, or like the Chiefs defense offense, pardon me, last year might get frustrated. This year, I feel like they have been more zen. And as a result, they're going to have success on the offense. Yeah, it's interesting, Mina. Oh, Patrick man. Mahomes has thrown Zen, yeah. right? Cool. Patrick Mahomes has thrown 13 <laughs> touchdowns to tight ends and running backs this season. No other player has thrown more than six. He's really spreading it out to all of his weapons. It helps when you have Travis Kelsey, too. All right, Field Yates joins us now. And, Field, we make a transition here to new developments as another lawsuit has been filed against Deshaun Watson for sexual assault. What can you tell us? Yeah, Laura, another concerning development surrounding Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson is the 26th known lawsuit filed against uh, Deshaun Watson. This was filed in Harris County in Texas, where the 25 preceding lawsuits were also filed. The plaintiff in this case is alleging that Watson pressured her into oral sex during a massage session that was initiated via Instagram direct messages. While the plaintiff has not yet been identified as a result of that, Rusty Harden, the attorney for Deshaun Watson, is denying any comment at the moment. This much we do know from the NFL. Deshaun Watson's 11-game suspension remains in place. But if this lawsuit or any further lawsuits merit a further investigation or potentially more punishment, the NFL will act upon that at the appropriate time. Yeah, field as outlined by the NFL guidelines that were already in place to Sean Watson able to return to the Browns facility last week. We'll keep an eye on all of this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There's no competition right now. Get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code eight save. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's go back to Thursday night football.
football with the Commanders visiting the Bears. People hoping for a touchdown on Thursday night. Let's pick it up in the fourth quarter. Commanders trailing 7-6, to six, punting on fourth and six. And Bayless Jones Jr., an opportunity, but muffing the punt right there. There's a scramble for the ball inside the 10, and then Washington's Christian Holmes recovers. Commanders set up with great field position here. First and goal for the Commanders, down 7-6, to six, and Carson Wentz hands the ball off to Brian Robinson and lays out Bears Roquan Smith. Wentz clears Smith for the massive hit, and Wentz providing a little spark of energy for the Commanders on this drive. Second and goal for the Commanders. Robinson gets the handoff, powers his way into the end zone. Commanders' first touchdown of the game. Robinson's first career touchdown. Great to see with everything he's been through. Later in the fourth, last chance for the Bears, trailing 12-7. Justin Fields dropping back, looking for Darnell Mooney there. And at the pylon, Mooney juggling as he comes down. Officials say he's short of the end zone, so the Commanders come into Soldier Field, get the win, 12-7. Here's Ron Rivera after the game. What's important is these guys, okay? For the last couple of weeks, honestly, I'm going I'm to speak my mind for a second. For Honestly, uh, it's been hard. It really has. You lose four games in a row, and everybody wants to get you, you know, just get on you. And they've played their asses off. They have. They've played their asses off for everybody. They come out, and they show up. They work hard, all right? They don't complain, okay? They hear all this stuff, and they got to deal with it. I get that, and I respect them for that because they're resilient. They come back. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I didn't want anything to do with Carson. Well, I'm the f***ing guy that pulled out the sheets of paper, that looked at the analytics, that watched the tape in the freaking when we were at Indianapolis, okay? And that's what pisses me off because the young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time. I'm sorry, I'm done. All right, RC, what's your reaction to Rivera's rant? Before I start, I want to say I truly respect Ron Rivera and everything that he's overcome in his personal life and also in his life as far as it pertains to football. But he's tripping. What he is, is he's stressed out. And you know what he sounds like to me? A man that's disappointed. Because y'all know disappointment hits different, right? Like when you're expecting a certain thing, like we all knew Carson Wentz wasn't that good. So when we watch him throw interceptions on the goal line or when we watch him you know, throw games away, we're all comfortable with it. We're not disappointed. We expected it and we live with it. He expected something different. Right? Like, he also thought that they'd be better on defense than they are. And they are not. And then he's mad at us. One, he's mad at us because we're talking about Carson Wentz. Hey, you're talking about Carson Wentz. We don't think he deserves to get it from his coach publicly. But you gave it to him, but now you want us to shut up. And then on the other side of this, he wants us to leave his players alone for underperforming because they're professional football players. They show up, they work their butts off, and they don't complain. Well, hell, they compensated to do that. So we get to talk about how well or how not good they do that. And so for me, what Ron Rivera is doing is saying, I made a mistake. Y'all all think I don't back my quarterback or I don't back my players. So let me double down and back my players after we win and nobody's really talking bad about them, even though they played like crap against the Chicago Bears. And there's my answer. Yeah, that was it. Uh, but I so do respect Ron Rivera. So good. Mina, you know, I picked the Bears. I was kind of excited for him. I felt like it was a good opportunity at home maybe yeah. to get a win. But Justin Fields continues to struggle. Why is that? Man. You know that line from The Godfather? 
Just just when I thought that was out, they oh god, I can't do it. It's so bad. Just when I pull thought me I was back out, they pulled me back in. I'd like to apologize to the Italian American community for that, but um that's how I feel watching Justin Fields. That's how I feel watching him because it, it was perfectly on display in this game, by the way. You'll see, you know, I, I an inaccurate throw, um, he'll hold on to the football too long, he'll take an unnecessary sack, and you're, you're really like, ah, this is not working, you know? And then all of a sudden, he'll uncork the prettiest deep ball on planet Earth, and you're back in, or he'll run for 40 plus yards, and he's so fast and explosive and strong, and you're back in. And to me, that's what makes it so frustrating watching him, because <laughs> the talent we saw at Ohio right. State, it's still there. The tools are tantalizing, but it's inconsistent, and there's no one person to blame. I mean, you can criticize some of the play calling, saying, why is he still, you know, he shouldn't be, you should put him on the move more often. He's so good at throwing on the move. You can talk about the offensive line, but the reality is a lot of it does fall on fields itself because he is not playing to what he's capable of. Hmm. Yeah, MK, I, I'm, I'm 100% with you, but I, I look at this situation, and it's just like going off on yesterday, talking about going into this Washington game against the Chicago Bears and calling out Scott Turner and what he needed to do. And coincidentally, they decided to hand the football off a little bit more last night. Um, I, I'm looking at this game and I'm thinking to myself, at what point does Luke Gessie re, uh, remind himself that he has a super athletic quarterback? And what at what point does mm -hmm. he, maybe after this game, he'll look uh, to what the New York Giants are doing by a guy by the name of Brian Daybowl and see how he's pulled his quarterback that suffered with some of these same situations and instances and some of the same conversations that revolved around him and how ha has he managed that and found a way to get him to play at a higher level than we've seen him in, in, in the recent years. But I continue to see three-step drops and five-step drops and sit in the middle of the pocket yeah. while both of your guards are getting their heads mm -hmm. beat in and the pressure in the pocket is continuously. <laughs> right. I thought I, I thought Justin I thought Justin was You're going right. to literally right. have a season in the injury yesterday. Oof. I really did. The dude laid on the ground three or four times, and it wasn't like he was scrambling. <laughs> it was literally up the center of the pocket. So I, I want to point to these yep. quarterbacks. Y'all know I'm as critical, and Justin Fields has his flaws. That is not what I'm saying, but mm -hmm. I saw no help in regards to him being yeah. able to play better from an offensive coach or an offensive staff last night. And that was my problem and issue yep. watching this game. And similar you know, to Carson yeah, Wentz. Go ahead, yeah, you know, Well, I was just going to say, Marcus, I mean, you put out a great blueprint there with what Daniel Jones and Brian Dable have been able to do in New York. You wonder <laughs> if we could see a little bit of that to your point. Also, you said yeah. Fields on the ground. Justin Fields have been sacked 23 times this season. That's tied for the most Crazy. by a Bears quarterback through six games since a merger in 1970. So <sighs> it, your, your eyes do not deceive you. He's being sacked a lot. All right, time for smart mm -hmm. lineup decisions provided by Ivy. Watson. Field Yates joining us to go through some of his top fantasy storylines this week. Let's start in Green Bay Field. Uh, Laura, I'll be on the couch this weekend watching football. Aaron Rodgers should be on the bench watching your fantasy lineups. As Aaron Rodgers is no longer a fantasy starter, he has yet to clear 17 fantasy points in a game this season. And after throwing the ball 39 times last week, my guess is the Packers decide to run the football a whole bunch more against the Jets. The best way that this offense can move the ball right now is to Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I suspect both of them will be very busy on Sunday. And speaking of busy running backs, 
What an opportunity for both Ramondre Stevenson and Kenneth Walker III. We know for a fact that Ramondre Stevenson is a star when he gets opportunities. We don't know if Damian Harris will play on Sunday for the Patriots. He's questionable. Sounds like the chance he will not play. Kenneth Walker III we think is going to be a star for Mina Seahawks. He's going to play a ton with Rashad Penny out for the rest of the season. He carved up defenses last year at Michigan State. What happened to the Los Angeles Rams? I don't know if this team is good enough to repeat, but what I do know is that right now they're providing very little fantasy value other than Cooper Cup because Cooper Cup just rules and Tyler Higby as well. But Matthew Stafford, the sixth best quarterback in fantasy last year, is 32nd amongst quarterbacks in fantasy points per game this year, Laura. He leads the NFL in interceptions. I have no idea what I am watching with Matthew Stafford and those running backs. Meanwhile, K-Makers won't even play on Sunday, so it's going to be the Daryl Henderson show that at least gives them a bit more value. But the days of the Rams being dominated on offense, those feel like a far cry right now. Yeah, maybe the only answer to that could be getting OBJ, which, of course, there was a little news around that. Sean McVay yes. saying they haven't given their final offer there. We'll see if that can help potentially if he returns. Thanks to Field. We got more coming your way on NFL Live, so keep it locked right here. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Let's get to a reunion game in New York as former Ravens defensive coordinator Wink Martindale faces off against his old team. You see Wink right there. And here's what quarterback Lamar Jackson said when he was asked how many blitzes he expects from Martindale on Sunday. Uh, ain't no telling, you know, because we ain't known for um, exotic blitzes and you know, just doing this thing. Um, shout out to Coach Wink. I'm not a study um, and going against him, you know, um, all the time in practices uh, since my rookie season. Um, them, those guys doing a great job at um, all type of blitzes, you know, different areas of different guys dropping with the blitz, cover zero blitzes and stuff like that. Shout out to Lamar. He gave me a shout out, so I had to give a shout out back to him. He's playing at, a, at an MVP uh, caliber right now, like he was back in 19. Not only can he beat you with his arm, which he's throwing the ball really well. Um, but uh, he can beat you with his legs, his mind, and everything else because he's, he's playing at a high level. Lamar Jackson has made huge strides against the Blitz this season when compared to last year. He's almost doubled his QBR and has already thrown more touchdowns than he did all of last season. That's something he's going to need to continue on Sunday as the Giants defense enters week six with the league's second highest Blitz rate. You expect it out of Wink Martindale. Marcus, what do you think Wink Martindale and this Giants defense is going to do, though, against Lamar? The familiarity is kind of interesting here. 
First of all, those are two of my favorite people. I love Wink, man. Wink, Wink was my guy <laughs> yeah. when I was in Baltimore for like two days. Um, listen, th this is this is the thing, man. Like, we know what Wink likes to do, right? He wants to bring pressure. He wants to confuse quarterbacks, put them in a situation where they are unsure about their looks and where they want to go Oof. with the football. The difference is, and Wink understands this, Lamar, like he alluded to, has went back to 2019. It's not taking Lamar long anymore to say, you know what, let me use this 4-3-4-2 speed and go ahead and pick up this first down or rip off a chunk yardage play. And I think that's what you have to be careful about now. I know many times last year we sat in the studio and we talked, I talked about it. I thought Lamar was trying to prove that I'm a pocket passing quarterback. Like I want to make sure everybody understands that. I think he's went to back to saying, man, I'm the best football player when I'm on the field. I'm j I just happen to be a top tier quarterback within the structure of that. So Wink got to be careful with the pressure and Lamar got to understand that Wink will bring some looks some exotics, as we call it, in the league that may give him confusion. So we'll see. But I'll tell y'all this. Everybody got a plan. Everybody got their bear spray. Everybody got their lay down. The bear won't do you nothing. It don't help you when you're in them damn woods. You got to figure out how to get away from that bear. And that's what Lamar Jackson is. <laughs> You know, the other day I was asking people if they'd rather fight a bear or a gator, and most people said a gator. Like, nobody wanted the bear. What do you guys think? Oh, absolutely. If we on land, Sometimes you get if, the we, bear. if we on Sometimes land, the bear gets you. absolutely the, the gator. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, I'm you glad we figured that out. You get away from a gator. <laughs> Running a zigzag. Yes. Mina, on the other side of things, yeah. you know, we keep talking about how Daniel Jones is more comfortable and Brian yeah. Dable's done all this, but how do you expect yeah. the Ravens' defense to approach Daniel Jones? Yeah, well, Marcus talked about how we pretty much know what we're going to get out of this Giants defense. I would argue we also pretty much know what we're going to get out of this Giants yes. offense yeah. under Brian Dable and Mike Kafka. Saquon's going to run the ball a lot, especially off tackle. They're so good. Uh, Daniel Jones is going to also run the ball a lot. There's going to be a lot of option football. Uh, and then crossers off of play action. And then also some trickeration with the Wildcat and that sort of thing. So to me, for the Ravens, it really comes down to eye discipline more than anything. Uh, they have to play within themselves, communicate, which has been an issue at times this season. They are talented enough to stop this Giants defense offense. They should stop this Giants offense, but they can't have any of those sort of coverage busts or mental mistakes that they've had so far this year. When you look at new defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, you saw him last week go to some zone, right? Because he wanted that too high shell so Jamar Chase couldn't yeah. get those single matchups outside and catch the back shoulder or get the deep fade. I think it's going to be a little different this week, especially when listening to Mina correctly outline what you're going to get offensively from the New York Giants. Now, if I'm them, I'm going to give them some single high because you need to have eight in the box. You want to have that unblocked defender that can play in the run, whether it's Daniel Jones or Saquon Barkley. Also, if I'm playing defense, I want to get in some cover three. I want to play some things where guys like Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey can see the quarterback. So now you can break on routes. You can pass off routes. You don't get yeah. picked off. Because if you go to that man-to-man -man that we see so often from the Baltimore Ravens, it may give Daniel Jones some easy throws so he can show you that I can beat you outside if you give me the opportunities. Mm. This is going to be a chess match, but not necessarily one of those difficult ones where you're trying to figure out where they're going to move the pawns, the kings, and the queens. We know where they're going to be. We just have to be able to anticipate when they're going to be there and make the right call if I'm the Baltimore Ravens.
All right, so we're going to throw our picks up for this one between Ravens and Giants. There are three of us on the Ravens, and that would be me, Mina, and Marcus. But there's one of us picking the Giants here. Wow. And that would be Ryan Clark. So, so tell it. Come on, RC, wow. tell us why. Guess what happened? This week, somebody actually posted a highlight from my second year in the league, and I played for the Giants then, and I got all nostalgic. I saw old 39 out there at 180 pounds. I, I looked like I was number 3,993 because it was spread way over here, and the numbers were kind of touching in the back and the front, but that's all good. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with that's the Giants. That's before you got them Tomo tapes. Real, I just think, I think this... Hey, I think this. I think this running. I think this running game um, is huge for the New York Giants. Wink Martindale won't necessarily blitz a lot, but I think he'll blitz in a timely fashion and make some plays. And I just believe in Brian Dayball right now, and the way that he has his team believing in him, they continue to fight. And you know, if I'm wrong, at least it wasn't one of those times we all picked the same team and cursed them. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, Oddsmakers currently have the Ravens as five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at MetLife. Time now for Top Stories, brought to you by Golden Corral. And for that, we bring Field Yates back in. Let's start with the Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill. What can you tell us on him, Field? Yeah, let's get to the good news here first, Laura, as Tyreek Hill is now off the injury report. The quad and foot injuries had him actually as a full participant in practice all week. He's off the injury report with no game status, so he will play on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. Now the big question everybody is asking is, who's going to throw him the football? Well, this much we know. It'll be Skylar Thompson as well. Both Tua Tungavailoa and Teddy Bridgewater have been back on the practice field this week. Bridgewater is actually a full participant in practice today, and they are trending in the right direction. Tua will not play on Sunday. Teddy B is questionable to play on Sunday, perhaps the number two, but it'll be seventh-round pick Skylar Thompson as the starter. The Saints have, well, a ton of players on the injury list. As well, Jameis Winston is questionable to play officially. Head coach Dennis Allen has already said it will be Andy Dalton, which means for the third straight year, Andy Dalton will face his former team, the Cincinnati Bengals. He will not have Michael Thomas. He will not have Jarvis Landry. Chris Olave has a chance to play after practicing in full, but he still needs to clear final hurdles in the concussion protocol. They are going to be limited. That much is for sure. One last note is Tom Brady. Not an injury-related note, but remember last week, the Grady Jarrett tackle heard around the world that was called roughing the passer somehow? Well, Tom Brady has now been fined just a shade over $11,000, $11,139 to be specific, for the kick at the end of this play. At the end of it, not good for Brady, but I think, Laura, somehow he'll be able to find a way to absorb the financial loss. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to hurt him too bad. He did say, by the way, that that Grady Jarrett roughing the passer, very controversial, was just like a long, nice hug. And then, and then turns mm, out he actually kicked Grady Jarrett. So what are you going to do? Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Let's go through some matchups to watch in week six. Look at everybody hanging out watching the games. RC, what are you watching in Bucks steelers Listen, I want to see the matchup between the defensive backs of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the wide receivers of the Pittsburgh Steelers. They obviously showed their frustration when they had Mitchell Trubisky. Now you have Kenny Pickett, who ain't scared at all. He would throw the football in the tight spaces, give his, give his wide receivers opportunities to make plays, and we know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will give him some man-to-man on the outside. So I want to see how this matchup goes, and can Kenny Pickett start to get this offense to move the football to the tune of more than three points, like we saw last week against the Buffalo Bills. So part of the reason why I've got the Jags beating the Colts is not Trevor Lawrence. No, it is that four-man rush in Jacksonville that has been so good so far this season. ESPN has a stat, pass rush win rate, which is how often defensive players beat their blocks in 2.5 seconds or less. Number one is Dallas. Number two is Jacksonville. And that's bad news for a Colts offensive line that has struggled to protect Matt Ryan. Y'all, I'm tapped in. RC, I'm going right back to the game you were at. But I want to see the San Francisco 49ers defense with a a few hampered defensive linemen deal with Marcus Mariota and his athleticism, his extension of plays, especially when he gets out. He has big physical receivers that will win a 50-50 ball in a lot of situations. Remember, Mosley is out for the San Francisco 49ers as well. I think this might be a more intriguing matchup than we think because of Mario's athleticism and what 49ers are dealing with defensively. Yeah, speaking of a more intriguing matchup than we might think, let's get to an unexpectedly exciting week six game between the Jets and the (laughs) Packers at Lambeau on Sunday. Quarterback Zach Wilson has the opportunity to go go up against one of his favorite players in Aaron Rodgers. And here's what Wilson said about Rodgers' influence on his game this week. I've been watching him since I was, you know, a little kid. You know, I was trying to re- replicate the way he throws, the way he plays the game. So, do you remember when that started? Like, you remember how old? I mean, really, just I, you know, as long as I can remember playing football. You know, I always, I was a big, I was a big fan of just, you know, we didn't have an NFL team in Utah, and so I wouldn't say I was a Packers fan, but I was just an Aaron Rodgers fan. I, I just grew up watching him, and I always liked to watch their games because of him and just kind of where he was at. And um, he's just a quarterback I tried to like, you know, replicate and steal things from. And you know, I like the way he plays the game. So. You know, I'd probably say, you know, since I could remember, you know, 13, 13 years old once I got into football. Yeah, by the way, Zach Wilson was five when Rodgers was drafted, just for reference there. <laughs> All right, so we just saw the Packers coming off a loss in London to the Giants. RC, you think the Jets can put something together to challenge Green Bay? Yes, indeedy, I do. I mean, did Ooh, your dance deep. look messed up when you was out there with Tennessee with old boy that was hitting y'all with the footwork? Oh, my yeah. goodness. I, when you look at the New York When you look at the New York Jets and the physicality they can play with on both sides of the football, the skilled players <laughs> offensively, and this defense that we talked about early on in this week that will run and put pads on you, I think this is going to be a very difficult game for the Green Bay Packers. There's also a team 
that's playing with confidence. It's going to come down to, though, who makes plays late in the game. And I think if you're looking at the Aaron Rodgers versus Zach, versus Zach Wilson uh, situation, you're going to think Aaron Rodgers find ways to make those plays. But this is a young team that believes in themselves. Robert Salah has them playing in the manner and in the way that you can find ways to be in football games late. And it's about making those, those critical plays in those tight football moments. And I think the Packers find a way to do that this week. Yeah, Mina, what do you think the Packers need to change? The defense drives me crazy, Laura, because they're so talented at every level. But they play like they're being chaperoned at a middle school dance. You know, where you got to leave room for the Holy Ghost. I mean, they're so Holy Spirit. You leave room for the Holy Spirit. Look at these statistics. I want you to see these statistics that show uh, what how the Packers are playing when defenses are targeted from NGS. Oh they are giving so much cushion. They're playing off coverage, the second highest rate in the NFL. So, of course, they're allowing a massive completion percentage. And look, it's one thing when it's week one and you're hitting Justin Jefferson on wide open crossing routes. It's another thing last week when they're getting killed by Darius Slayton, who's wide open. It's frustrating because it does not have to be this way. They have DBs who can play man, who are sticky. They have a pass rush who should be getting after it. They have linebackers who are Coach so Barry. solid in coverage. But it doesn't look like it. So I, I am begging Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, to play more aggressively this week than you have thus far this season. <laughs> Mina, it's because the chaperones be drunk. They be drunk. They be drunk. They be thinking they got to they gotta go there and deal with them kids. They be drinking before they get there. <laughs> listen, listen, What's man. in the punch? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. Let, I'm telling you, I'm spiking it. Um, listen, I, I think I think RC alluded to it a little bit. Like this Jets team, I, I know, I know it's like it's always hard when teams are kind of coming out of what we've been seeing them uh, be for years and trying to figure out if they are really turning a corner or if it's an anomaly or if it's something that is sustainable. I think the Jets are sustainable. This is a talented football team. And from an offensive standpoint, how Zach Wilson has looked, along with Brees Hall and obviously Garrett Wilson on the outside, but this team is playing well. They're getting back to getting physical at the line of scrimmage. And I think offensively, they're going to start to get people more and more problems as this season goes along. So it is a, a lot of what Mina is saying with the Green Bay Packers. I, I just haven't seen an aggressive nature team yet or a team be more aggressive than the New York Jets. And that's a staple I think that they're hanging their hats on. And I think they can continue yeah. to proceed that way. And then they have playmakers and dudes that can really open games up, as we saw Brees Hall to the tune and 190-plus yards mm. uh, last weekend. So it's going to be interesting. This game is a lot more interesting than people think it is. Yeah, and Marcus is picking the Jets. Everybody else is picking the Packers, and we got to go, so we're going to leave it there. But I wanted Ooh. that on record in case you're right, Marcus. Also, yes. nobody That's wanted spicy, to dance right? with me at the middle school dance, so I just I, – that I doesn't do not surprise me. That's a lie, Laura. You guys. Laura, that's not true. You was doing ballet. You ain't have no good clothes. You were like a beauty queen in Florida. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Let's get back to that Cowboys-Eagles matchup. And when asked about how well Jalen Hurts is playing, Demarcus Lawrence responded, he hasn't played the Cowboys yet, so we don't know how good he is. As for the Cowboys' plans to defend Hurts, Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs talked to RC about that on The Pivot. You got to check it out. Go check out The Pivot and listen to this interview, okay? But RC, what did you take away from your discussion with Parsons and Diggs? Got a lot of insight there. Yeah, well, I think the first thing Micah told me is that he just started going to defensive line meetings. So he's just learning how to be a rusher now that Anthony Barr can take some of the load off of him at the linebacker position, which is absolutely scary. And secondly, he said, you know what, I understand I'm going to have to set some things up in order to get to Jalen Hurts. And when he looked at, he said, when he looks at this team and being the, an elite level defense, they want to be the team that shuts down the Philadelphia Eagles. He knows it's going to be the biggest challenge that they've had the entire year. And something that struck me is that they don't care that Dak Prescott is not playing quarterback. They're comfortable with Cooper Rush quarterback in this team because they believe it's about <laughs> them. They believe if they go out and they stop Jalen Hurts and they and they can play against this run game, and Trayvon Diggs wins his matchup against A.J. Brown, that the best team on the field will be the Dallas Cowboys. And the last thing he said, which is a quote, is that there can only be one. There can only be one monster. There can only be one best player in the league. There can only be one person that dominates a game, and he expects that to be a Dallas Cowboy every week, and more than likely, the dude that's wearing double sticks. Now, what that says to me is the one thing he mentioned was, obviously he won the Lombardi Trophy, but both of these guys are upset that T.J. Watt was the defensive player of the year. And they said they're going to make a statement about that this weekend. Help the bear, okay? That's what Micah telling everybody. <laughs> when y'all see us square off, help the bear. Listen, it's the Micah effect, man. We all know and we've talked about Aaron Donald in so many ways. And we know how much of a positive impact he not only has on the game, but how him just being on the field permeates throughout the rest of your team. Now, obviously, you got to have talent and dudes with playmaking ability. And if it's any ever, if, if it's ever any game where Micah needs to be what we think and what the world thinks he is, it's this game because this is a damn good football team that the Philadelphia Eagles got. But look at this, y'all. Look, look at the dude that just started going to D line meetings. Um, pass rush win rate, first, <laughs> pressures, first, right. sacks, tied for first with Matthew yeah. Judon. So it, it, is, it, is not, it is not something that most teams have the ability <laughs> to say when they walk in the stadiums, but the Dallas Cowboys truly feel like they have the best player in the football game when they go and play these games. And I think that's permeated throughout the rest of the team. <clears throat> So what you're telling me is there's no quarterback controversy in Dallas, Marcus. Uh, no, it's all about the defense there. We know that on this show. But, but I'll add this. Uh, you know, as much love as the Dallas defense deservedly gets, you cannot forget how strong this Eagles defense has been yeah. on the other side Absolutely. of the football here. Um, you know, some of the additions that they've made, obviously, in the secondary, bringing in James Bradbury and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, but also up front with Hassan Reddick. This is a very deep and talented group. And what strikes me watching them is they're a little bit different from Dallas. Obviously, they play more zone. Is how that pass rush yep. and coverage work together. When the Eagles blitz, they don't blitz a ton. 
But when they do blitz, they allow the lowest yards per drop back in the NFL and the highest interception rate. That is an example of complimentary football on defense. It is why they're so good, and it's something that Cooper Rush is really going to have to watch out for in this game because they want him playing quarterback. Yes. You know, uh, all of Marcus's uh, little cousins and little minions from Dallas have been hitting me all day today talking about, well, you guys keep saying Dallas hasn't played anybody or who have the Eagles played. And I agree. This is going to be the best team that both of these teams have faced the entire year. But here's what impresses me about the Philadelphia Eagles defense. You go against the Minnesota Vikings, who are great in the past, and Darius Slay in that back end have an extremely great game against them, and they're, out, they're able to get turnovers and shut down Justin Jefferson. And then you go another week, and this front line sacks Carson Wentz nine times. So it's showing you they can win in so many ways. The yeah. thing is this. You keep the game close, and you give you make the Philadelphia Eagles score late if you're the Dallas Cowboys. But for the Philadelphia Eagles, this defense has to step up and make sure that they're stopping Cooper Rush, not knowing what this offense will do in the second half. I think this could be the best battle of the trenches that we see all season long. And I have got to know who you guys are going to pick. So, RC, you first. Who are you taking, Cowboys or Eagles? I'm going to take the Eagles. And me and Marcus argued about this early, and I feel kind of bad taking the Eagles because Trey Diggs and Micah gave us their time yesterday. So I feel like I owe them, but I got to be true to myself. This is the you team that I picked bad. to win the NFC East. They've shown me nothing other than the fact that they're going to be one of the toughest teams in the entire division. Uh, I'm going to need you to put earmuffs on Marcus right now. I am also taking the Philadelphia Eagles. As much as I love this Dallas offense, I think this is where the Cooper Rush train comes screeching to a halt because I think the Eagles' opportunistic defense will force him to turn it over. Mm, I hate y'all <laughs> and I hate being in this job sometimes because I got to tell the truth. I'm taking the Eagles as well. Oh, wow. I know, I know. What? I know, I know, I know. Oh, no. 20 to oh, 14. No. And listen, it's because it's because of what Mina just said. Like, Cooper Rush has not had any pressure on him. I think this would be the first game. If he answered this call, God bless him. You know what, Marcus? I consider you like family, and I can't let you do that to yourself. So, in your honor, I'm picking the You're Cowboys, okay? <laughs> yes. And, so, and listen, some because I actually yes. picked against them last week. It didn't go my way. All right, Bills, Chiefs. We got to pick this one quick, guys. RC, you go first. Who are you taking, Bills or Chiefs? I'm going Chiefs. They pull it off. Go, Mina. I got the Bills just because they're such a complete team. I got Chiefs 31-28. They know how to be champions. Oh, we're split 50-50. I'm going with the Bills in this game. one. I think they end Let's up getting it, getting it on the road, which is absolutely crazy, I realize. But I picked against, I picked a, not picked against the Bills all season long, and it's gone well for me. Marcus, you can send me my fruit basket in the mail for picking the Cowboys, okay? Bring it to studio next week. <laughs> we'll see you next week, guys, on NFL Live.